Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Benji Kelly and New Hope Church. We are thrilled you have joined us for this week's podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Woo! How are we doing, church? Hey, hey. Happy New Year. How many resolutions have you already broken? Uh, hopefully not too many. <laughs> hey, we are just so delighted that you would come and be with us today. Welcome to New Hope Church. If you're a guest, uh, my name is Benji, and I get the awesome privilege of serving around here with a bunch of other awesome, amazing staffs. And we are just so, so glad that you would start the first Sunday of 2016 off in the house of God. I think that's incredibly, yeah, you ought to clap for one another. I think that's incredibly significant. And I believe God will honor and bless that. We want to welcome all of our campuses. Let's start with the furthest. And in the words of Adele, we want to say to the Kenya campus, hello from the other side. You know what I'm trying to say? Well, keep it going. Welcome Kenya campus, Columbia campus, Sanford campus, Hillsborough campus, Coffee House, Garner, Internet, NCCIW prison campus, Central Durham campus, and North Raleigh. Hey, um, how's everybody doing today? Y'all doing good? Good. Because I'm sick as a dog. Like, like, dude, I could hurl sick, if you know what I mean. Like. Yeah, I am, man. I've had this thing going on for about a week. And first it was my stomach, and it's just all upset. And that's continued. And now I got this throat thing that's, that's killing me. It's itchy, and it's, it hurts every time I swallow. And I just, man, people have been wanting to greet me today. And I don't, if, if you're new and you want to greet me after the service, I'm going to offer the distance, kind of fist bump from the, the distance. I'm drinking some uh, coat throat, throat coat. Um, and uh, here's the deal. I believe by faith that I'm going to make it through this service. We're going to kick Satan in his teeth. I'm going to preach the word of God, and we are going to get through this. And you're going to pray that I make it, because when it's all over today, I'm probably going to go home and die. And if I do, I expect all of you to come to my funeral. And then I just want to go ahead and invite you in advance. You're welcome to come on over to my house. We'll eat potato salad and celebrate. Glory, hallelujah, I will be in a far better place. Can I get an amen? Amen. Hey, um, go ahead and open up your Bibles to Nehemiah chapter 1. And uh, it's a hard book to find. It's in the Old Testament. Just open up your Bible in the middle. It'll probably fall on about the book of Psalms. Take a left. You'll get to Nehemiah. But as you're doing that, because it might take you a moment to find it, or open up your app. Open up your app. You can just go on the app store. It's under my name or the church's name. Great, great app. Your teaching notes are there. You're able to do it all digitally if you uh, prefer that. While you're doing all that and kind of getting ready, I just want to say that I believe we are about to step into one of the greatest years in the history of our church. I, I, I feel it deep in my spirit that we are stepping into a season of unprecedented favor and kindness of God poured out on the life and ministry of New Hope Church. If you believe it by faith, can I hear an amen? I really and truly believe that. We are, we, we've come out of Hope Rising. We still have a year of that. We've expanded our building. All of the other campuses are doing debt reduction and upfits and technology installments. And everything is just unbelievable these days. On top of that, Christmas Eve this year, I haven't uh, proclaimed this yet to you, but on Christmas Eve we saw, get this, close to 400 
people receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of their lives. Come on, church. Come on, somebody. Unbelievable. Praise God. It's all because of Him. You think about that? We, we're doing reach, teach, and release like never before. We're going on missions trips like never before. We're building deep water wells in foreign lands so that people don't die from contaminated water. We have this group going to Kenya this week on a missions trip. And then we'll have another trip coming up as well. Yeah, it's coming, I promise you. Give it up for those folks right there. Give it up for those folks going to, to Kenya. I'm telling you, the potential for reach, teach, and release is at an all-time high, and I am very, very excited. On top of that, let me walk you through where we're going in January. January, we're going to be in this series called Great and Awesome. And I'm here to tell you it's going to be great and awesome. See what I did there? It, it, we're going to be pouring through the book of Nehemiah, looking at it through a leadership lens, looking at it through a church lens. We're going to be plowing through this amazing book in the Old Testament that will all culminate on Vision Day 14, which is January 31st, which is our 14th Vision Day. On top of that, I'm celebrating 25 years of ministry. I kind of I, I want to clap with you, but really all that means is I'm getting old. You see a little, you got, got, got the gray thing coming in. The staff won't tell me exactly what they're planning, but they, they've got all kind of surprises going on on Vision Day. And that will, the celebration will continue into our membership meeting that night. Members make note, January 31st, we've got a membership meeting. We're inviting all the campuses here to Central. Now that we've expanded the building, we think we have enough room for everybody. We're going to continue to celebrate that day. And I just want to say, really, I'm actually excited to celebrate my silver anniversary, my ministry anniversary with you folks on Vision Day. I cannot believe it's been 25 years, but I'd love for you to be a part of that. But it's just an amazing season. On top of that, on Vision Day, we're, we're launching at a new level, the 1835 Young Adult Ministry, which we're very, very excited. Hey, if you're between the ages of 18 and 35, let me hear from you. Wow. That's a good bit of people. You need to be in 1835. And inevitably, there's some dude out there, you're, you're living in your mom's basement and you're eating Doritos and you're 35 and a half. <laughs> and you play Xbox all day long. And you're wondering, can I come to 1835? And with all tenderness and mercy that I have in me on a sick day, the answer is, heck to the no! It's 18 to 35 young adult Ministry. Hey, you ready for the Word of God? You ready for Nehemiah? Have you found it yet? All right, let me say a few more things before we get there. How many of you ever had anything bro break on you? Like, let's, let's get more specific. How many of you have had a car breakdown? Raise your hand. Car breakdown. Come on, come on, come on. Oh, wow. How many of you are right now paying on repairs that you had to a car that broke down some time ago? Show of hands. Okay, some of you. How many of you are making unbelievable car payments so you drive a vehicle that will not break down? Yeah. <laughs> Hey, let's, let's widen it. How many of you, how many of you, um, how many of you have ever broken a bone? Broken a bone. Let's do it another way, like me. How many of you have never broken a bone? Wow. I mean, like you've never. That's me. That's me. I'm not gonna step off the stage today and break my, <laughs> break my neck, man. Uh, how, how many of you, how many of you have had a washing machine break? Washing machine? 
man, we had a washing machine. 16 years, we got, we got some children, and the thing ran like nonstop for like 16 years. It died not long ago, so we had to replace it. How many of you, how many of you had this break? You probably haven't had this. Not a, lot, not a lot of people have had this break on them, but we just had this break on us about six weeks ago. How many of you have had a shower break on you? A shower. Like, yeah, I know, you wouldn't think a shower would break, but it's, it's an old shower. We, we have a house that's like 22 years old, and the shower is 22 years old, and it's one of those jacuzzi showers. And so uh, not long ago I was in there, like about six weeks ago I'm in there, and, and the, the jets don't work, the, the motor gave out. I mean, I, I pushed the button and a little, little drizzle just kind of came down. That's six weeks ago. Now, now that I think about it. I'm getting a little raunchy, man. No, 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 I'm using my son's shower. Um, but, but I called Jacuzzi, and it's so old that Jacuzzi doesn't even service it anymore. I said, well, do you have a manual? They, they don't even have a manual for this thing anymore. So I did what you do in the 21st century. I got online, and I researched who would work on a 22-year Jacuzzi shower. I found one dude. I called him. He picked up. Hello. I said, dude, I got a 25-year-old jacuzzi shower. Can you come try and fix it? I, I see in the Internet that you, you work on these things. Yeah. <laughs> What's your address? I gave him my address. He, he, sh- he pulled up in a white van. It didn't have a bit of publicity or marketing on it. A white van with no mirrors. <laughs> white van, no mirrors, no windows in the back. Oh, yeah. Looked like, looked like homeboy's... Live down by the river. Look, look like, I'm just going to bring up some images for you. Think of Silence of the Lambs. That dude. He stepped out of the van and I thought, it's okay, man. I, I, it's okay. I, I don't need it fixed. But I, I, I invited him on in. He, he couldn't fix it. So Dave Sears, who's a saint in this church, he, he's a good friend of mine. So we tried to fix We can't fix it. So here recently, we've we just given up on it. So we're breaking it down. And it's so big. Pieces are so big, you don't even want to carry it through the house. So I, I opened up the window on the second floor. And I'm just throwing parts of my shower out of the house. Now, you might think, where in the world is he going? I stopped by on the first Sunday of this year to let you know that we serve a God who rebuilds broken things. Come on, somebody. We serve a God who rebuilds broken things. And as we look at Nehemiah and we spend the month of January in the book of Nehemiah, let me just tell you a little bit about Nehemiah. Nehemiah is in foreign captivity under a foreign king. Jerusalem has been ransacked. I mean, it has been demolished. The walls of Jerusalem had been destroyed. The walls around the holy city of Zion laid in ruins. You might think, yes, yeah, so what? It got rebuilt. No, 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 no. I want you to enter into the intensity of the story. I cannot overemphasize to you the significance of the walls. I've been to the Holy Land a couple times. I hope you'll go with me one year. We go about every other year. The walls around Jerusalem in this day and age were often built 30 feet high and 30 feet wide. Massive. Well, let me show you a picture of the holy city. Here's Jerusalem. There are the walls around the city. Another view. Look at the thickness of some of these walls, just massive walls. The Wailing Wall. 540 years before Nehemiah, if you're a note taker, take out your teaching notes, or write this better yet in the margin of your Bible. 
540 years before Nehemiah, there was David. As in King David. As in David and the Psalms. As in David and Goliath. David actually purchased the land that the temple was built on. The temple was built by David's son, Solomon. Solomon built the temple. And 140 years before Nehemiah, Babylon came in and ransacked Jerusalem, destroyed Jerusalem, burned it down, and toppled its walls. 445 years after Nehemiah, one such Jesus Christ walked on the stage of human history and is now your Lord and Savior if you know him. That frames the book of Nehemiah. Now, if you're ready for the word of the Lord, say, bring it. Nehemiah chapter 1, verses 3 through 6. Here we go. They said to me, those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great, what church? Great trouble and disgrace. Excuse me. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and what church? These are tough days. Nehemiah said, when I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Then I said, Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God. The who? The great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keeps his commandments. Let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayers your servant is praying before you day and night. For your servants, the people of Israel, I confess the sins of Israelites, including myself and my father's family, those sins that we have committed against you. Everybody say great and awesome. Everybody say great and awesome. Again, if you're taking notes, you want to write this down. When you understand what Nehemiah is saying here in Nehemiah 1, when you understand the actual meaning of the word great and awesome, you will actually walk away and realize I should never use those two words to describe anything other than God. When you study those words in Hebrew, great and awesome, what Nehemiah is saying is God of heaven and earth, the God who there is no equal. The God who is literally without equal, the great and awesome one, the only true God. Once you, once you come to terms with that, you start to understand who God is. Listen to me. Jesus is not your homeboy. You don't fist bump Jesus. God is so great and awesome that if we were ever to step in the full presence of God, and one day we will, thanks be to God. 
But if you ever step fully into the presence of God, you don't high-five or fist bump and say, yo, what's up, Jesus? You will fall on your face in humble, broken adoration and worship of a holy God. Come on, church. He is the only one who is great and awesome. I didn't say this last service, but let me just go and say it right now on the front end of this series. I hope you know New Hope Church is not great and awesome. I hope you know Benji Kelly is not great and awesome. There is only one, come on church, who is great and awesome. And his name is Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Triune God, great and awesome. Now on Christmas Eve, I just want to back up for a minute. On Christmas Eve, I I said some things that really resonated with you guys. I kind of went off my script, went off my message for a moment, as I often will, and, and talked about fear for a moment. And I talked about how many people today live their lives in fear. And as I said that, I mean, I realized I connected with so many of you. Here's what I came to discover. So many of you are walking around today, you're living in fear. You're just afraid of stuff, man. And the reason you're afraid of stuff, it's slightly understandable. The 21st century is not for the faint of heart. You know what I'm saying? We live in the day of, of ISIS, right? We live in the day of racial tension being at an all-time high, or maybe not in an all-time high, maybe it's just more exposed than ever before. We got the political season around us. I mean, these are scary days, and, and I said that, and I kind of realized that I just want to circle back on that for a moment because I didn't say this. Here's what you need to know. If you will understand and you will let this great and awesome series impact you and you walk away fully understanding just how great and awesome God really is, that will develop in you a healthy fear of God. Now stick with me. That will develop what? A healthy fear of God. See, part of our problem in the church today is that we've made Jesus our chub. We've kind of turned Jesus into our homeboy and we don't have a a reverence to God anymore. We don't have a healthy sense of how awesome God is. Once you understand that, you will actually develop a healthy fear of God. Now follow me. And once you have a healthy fear of God, you will fear nothing else. Hello. Hello. See, if if you don't have a healthy sense of God, conversely so, you will walk around a fearful person. Fear of God, healthy fear of God, lets believers actually walk around and live out their lives in a very frightening world without fear. But if you don't have a healthy sense of the fear of God, then you will not, and you will be a frightened person. That's why it's so important that you don't miss a single Sunday of this series. Every single week, we're going to dig deeper and deeper and deeper, layer upon layer upon layer of just how great and awesome God is. And when you really walk away from how awesome and great God really is, you will be able to maneuver throughout the 21st century with a faith that will be robust and will sustain you and enable you to maintain your joy in the midst of a very frightened world. Two things Nehemiah would say to us today, two things. Two things today. You want to write these down. There's something you need to know and there's something you need to do. Nehemiah would say to us on the very beginning of this series, there's something you need to know and there's something you need to do. There's something you need to what? And there's something you need to... You guys are amazing today. Here's the first one. Take out your teaching notes or your app, whatever. There's something you need to know. God rebuilds broken things. Write it in. On your teaching notes, there's a blank for you. God rebuilds broken things. 
Look back at verse 3. Just let your eyes fall on verse 3. If you've got your Bibles, keep them there. Make notes in your margin or we give them away free if you need a Bible outside. Nehemiah 1, chapter 3. Let's read this verse out loud together, really strong like it's the word of the Lord. Nehemiah 1, 3. Ready, go. Those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. These were difficult days. Again, life is difficult. And if you don't have a sense for how great and awesome God is, listen, life will will fall on you. You will not be able to bear the weight and the burdens of life will crumble around you and you will fall in the midst of it all. If you know how great and awesome God is and you allow that truth to change your life, you will be able to live in a world of great trouble and disgrace, but not fall prey to it. Now turn the Bible over to Nehemiah 2. Nehemiah chapter 2, start in verse 4. Nehemiah 2, verse 4. The king said to me, what is it that you want? Then I prayed to the God of heaven, and I answered the king. If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city in Judah where my ancestors are buried so that I can what? So that I can rebuild it. Now, let me just give you a few nuggets that will just, this will be something you need to file away and pull out often in 2016. Please notice that Nehemiah prayed to the God of heaven before he spoke to the king of the earth. Please notice that Nehemiah prayed to the God of heaven before he spoke to a mere mortal, a king. Always talk to God first about man before you talk to man about God. Oh, my word. Always talk to God first about man before you talk to man about God. Some of you are sitting here today, man, and you want 2016 to be so powerful in your life. You want to you see God do great things with you. You got dreams for your vocation. You got dreams for your education. You got dreams for certain things. And often, yes, it involves God, but have you ever figured this out? It often involves man, too. And what some of us have a tendency to do is we just go headstrong, especially if you're a type A kind of person, you just go headstrong into a task and you'll just go about something trying to make it work when really what you should do is talk to God first before you talk to man. And when I say man, I'm using that gender inclusive. Talk to God first about man or woman before you talk to them about God. Because you see, if you're going to do great things with your life, if we're going to do great things as a church, if we're going to experience the favor and the kindness of God, yes, we've got to have the favor of God, but we've got to have the favor of mankind. Not the approval of mankind. There's a difference. The favor of mankind. Secondly, notice this. Notice that the rebuilding involved Nehemiah. Hello. Yes, God rebuilds broken things, and yes, God can rebuild, rebuild broken things on his own. But often God uses human agents to rebuild broken things. Listen to me, God, God always uses his people for his purposes. Again, some of you are sitting here and I've fallen prey to this. You you want stuff to be done and you're praying that stuff will be done and you're just hoping and praying and then you get frustrated because you don't see any results. Has it ever even appeared to you that maybe God wants to use you to actually rebuild that broken thing? 
God always uses his people for his purposes. And here, here's the third thing you should just really know about this. Man, this is so good. This is an absurd task. Think about this. Nehemiah, Nehemiah asked the king, can he leave the king to go build the walls of Jerusalem? Nehemiah had no architectural prowess. Nehemiah was no great warrior for building walls. He was a cupbearer. He was a cupbearer. What can I get you to drink today, dear king? Would you like the Harley Davidson mug or do you, do you have something else in mind? The king, the king could have, with one command, said, off with his head. And yet Nehemiah still unqualified as he was felt God tug on his spirit felt God speak to his spirit felt God tap him on the shoulder and say you are the one to go build my walls back here's the takeaway if you're taking notes God doesn't call the qualified God qualifies the called hello did you hear that church God doesn't call the qualified some of you are sitting here and you're like man I don't look good enough I don't speak good enough. I didn't go to the right school. I don't live on the right side of the tracks. I'm not as good as that person. I'm not as good as that one that works in that other cubicle. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not qualified. And I would declare to you today, it's not about whether or not you are qualified. It is about whether or not God has called you to do something great with your life. God, come on now somebody. Come on somebody. God doesn't call the qualified, he calls and then he qualifies you. That's exactly what Nehemiah experienced. Let's continue. Let's continue. Go to chapter 2. Chapter 2, verses 17 and 18. Oh, I love this part here. Then I said to them, you see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, read that next part with me, church. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. Hey, you did that so good. Let's continue. And we will no longer be in disgrace. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God on me and what the king had said to me. Now watch this. Go. They replied, let us start building. So they began this good work. Church, can I just tell you that that's a pastor's dream right there? That a man like Nehemiah would stand before the people and say, let's do something great. I'm inviting you to do something great with your life and the people respond back to you let us start rebuilding so and then it ends with this so they began this good work oh my lord what I would give to pastor a church where I said guys there's a great work to be done. See, the reason this message is so important about God rebuilding broken things, and remember that's the first thing you need to know, God rebuilds broken things. The reason this is so important is because we live in a broken world. Have you figured this out? We live in a broken world. 
And God wants us to, to let him use us to rebuild things. So I stand before you and I say, hey, the world is broken. We have a God-sized vision. We're going to need God's kindness and favor in this season ahead. If we're going to keep allowing God to use us, let's build this together. And if you were to say, sign me up, Pastor. Let's, let's rebuild it together. No, it's, notice it's plural. It's not you just working, it's us. Let's do it. And we start working together. And then if God were to say to about us, then they began this good work. Here's the second thing I told you. First thing you need to know is God rebuilds broken things. Here's the second thing. Here's the second thing. There's something you need to do. There's something you need to do. Pick up a shovel and go to work for God's cause. Pick up a shovel and do what, church? Pick up a shovel and go to work for God's cause. Some of you notice I got some props up here today. You were wondering if I was going to get to them. Come on. This is a true-to-size, true-to-everything replica of the sword used in the Lord of the Rings. And if that won't take you out, I'll cut off a daggum ear with that bad boy. Watch this, watch this. This, 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 this. Look at this. Oh, mama. If that won't work, or that won't, bam, that'll work. <laughs> You're enjoying this, aren't you? I'm a sword person. I, uh, I've had ceremonies where I've knighted modern-day knights, my, my boys, to be men of God. <laughs> you think I'm joking, but it's like where men prayed over them and spoke into their life and declared who they were, and I gave them swords, and they have swords in their bedrooms. It's awesome. You know, swords are biblical. The Bible says that God is a mighty warrior. I don't know if you realize this or not, but you'll see this if you go home and study Nehemiah this week and study it with me in January. In Nehemiah, when they're building the wall, Nehemiah's up on the wall, and there's people building the walls, and they're doing, doing the, the stones and rebuilding and all that kind of stuff. But they had to put people on guard with swords to protect them while they worked from the, from the enemy that was coming at them. I'm going to confess something to you that I've never said public until today is kind of embarrassing but I'll often be up here at the church late at night and I'll be in this worship center or the old worship center and I'll walk around and I'll just I'll wield a sword for you I'll, I'll, I'll actually walk around this building read Ephesians spiritual warfare there, there's, a, there's a battle going on and it's it's not against flesh and blood, it's against principalities and the dark rulers of this world. And again, it's kind of it's kind of embarrassing, but I, I'm known to walk around the ministry departments of this church and with a sword in my hand, pray on your behalf and pray against the enemy and pray that he would stay at bay in your life and pray that he would stay away from your marriage and pray that he'd stay away from your children and pray that God would bless this church. 
I, I, I can't believe I'm about to confess this, but hey, what, you know me. What you see is what you get. Uh, one night I got busted in the parking lot. I was in the parking lot on my knees with a sword in my hand, facing the church, not the road, facing the church, praying to the great and awesome God of heaven on your behalf and on behalf of the church. I got busted. A dude pulled up and goes, man, well, you, well, you, are you all right? <laughs> No, I didn't. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I said, yeah, man, I'm just, I I said, I know it looks weird, but (laughs) I'm really normal and I'm just, it's kind of biblical. Come on back Sunday. He's like, no, thank you. (laughs) 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 One day I'm going to get arrested for that, man. Out there locked up, pastor of New Hope Church, arrested for sword carrying, whatever, without a permit. (laughs) You come and visit me in jail if I do. (laughs) I do, I do. That'll make more sense as the series unfolds. But here's the second thing, and I'm, I'm close to wrapping up here. One thing you need to know is that God rebuilds broken things. That's the, that's the ministry of the church. We're in the ministry of rebuilding broken things, not by our own might, not by our own strength, not by our own power, but by by the power and the might of God. We rebuild broken things. God is using us to shine light in the midst of darkness. I know the world's getting scary. I know things are looking bad. But listen, that's a great opportunity to be in ministry for the church. The fact that God would have you live in the 21st century says that God believes great things about you and God has a great future for you, plans for you to prosper and prevail, not to be discouraged and depressed and living in fear. God's got great great things for your life but you can know that God rebuilds broken things but here's the second thing and if you don't apply the second thing you miss the whole thrust of Nehemiah and you will miss out on the greatness that God wants to put in your life the second thing that you need to know or do I should say is pick up a shovel and go to work for the cause of Christ Pick up a shovel and go to work for the cause of Christ. Some of you are sitting around in your life and you're dreaming big dreams for 2016. And you have big hopes and you have big plans. And you pray and you pray and you pray and you get discouraged because nothing's happening. Maybe nothing's happening because you aren't doing anything. I want to just get you to turn on over to chapter 3. Chapter 3. Now, I'm not going to read chapter 3 to you. I'm not gonna, uh, here's why I'm not going to read chapter 3 to you. I'm going to read, not read chapter 3 to you because 99% of you have never read chapter 3. And the reason you've never read chapter 3 is the same reason I skipped chapter 3. is because none of us can accurately pronounce the names in chapter 3. <laughs> have you ever tried to read Nehemiah chapter 3? I mean, where shall I start? I mean, where, where, where shall I start? Eliashib, well, might as well start in verse 1. Eliashib, the high priest, and his fellow priest went to work and rebuilt the sheep gate. They dedicated it and set its doors in its place, building as far as the tower of the hundred, which they dedicated, and as far as the tower of the Henanel, 
The men of Jericho built the adjoining sections and Zachor, Zachor, son of Emory, Emory University down in Atlanta, Georgia, <laughs> I-M-R-I, built next to them. The fish gate was rebuilt by the sons of Hassanah. They laid its beams and put its doors and bolts and bars in place. Merimoth, Merimoth, son of Uriah, the son of Hakaz, repaired the next section next to him. Check this one out. Meshulam, son of Berechiah, son of Meshezabel, made repair. You don't go to Nehemiah 3 to pick the names of your children. I mean, it goes on and on and on. And some of you are like trying to remember how I pronounce Like He's got a doctorate. He's clearly saying that the right way. No, I'm not. <laughs> Nobody has a clue how to say those words. We don't read chapter 3 because of the names. But chapter 3 is a listing of all the names of the people who picked up a shovel and went to work for God's cause and rebuilt the city back. Here's a defining question for you, and I will wrap up. Here's my defining question for you, and it is a big question for you. Will your name be written in chapter 3 of New Hope? Like for real. When the history of this church is written, will your name be written in chapter 3 of New Hope Church? Because here's what I found in 14 years of doing this. People come and people go. Staff come and go. Some we release to the calling of God on their life. Some we boot out for the calling of God on their life. Will you, will your name be written in chapter 3 of New Hope Church? You say, what does that mean? It means you pick up a shovel and you get in the game. Did, did, did y'all notice the names on here? This was from a, a, a pastoral team retreat that we did back in the fall, October, in the mountains. And, uh, man, we had this unbelievable time. We were worshiping out on this deck overlooking the mountains. And I, I started teaching this back in October to the staff. And, and this was just one part of the staff. And it was so powerful. We got finished, man. And I, I held up the shovel. And I was like, man, if your name's going to be written in Chapter 3, here's what I want you to do. Whenever we're worshiping and you feel led, you grab a permanent marker and you go write your name on the shovel. And the extension leadership team sat there and just, that's all the staff at all the campuses and they just wrote their names all over the shovel as a way to say to God the great and awesome God count me in chapter 3 what about you like for real like, like what about you and you and you and you and you and you I mean, all of you Look, look at this. 
is your name going to be in chapter 3? And just sitting in church doesn't put your name in chapter 3. Chapter 3 of Nehemiah is, is, is not the pew warmers. That's not those who just said, you read it. The chapter 3 is the men and women who picked up shovels and went to work. They realized that the world was broken. And they said, God, we want to be a part of the solution. We want to we fix the problem. And the way you fix the problem is, if you don't mind, you get off your butts. And you do something. Like I've been praying all week long because I've been sick a while. I've been praying, God, help me figure out what to say on Sunday. Because I don't want to say anything that's not of you. And I don't want to say anything because I'm sick and I'm feeling bad. No, no, no. I just want to tell you what I honestly believe. And here's what I think God would say to you today. Some of you need to get off your butts and do something. Like in the church. Some of you, with, with all due respect, some of you have turned Christianity into a lukewarm, complacent, consumeristic faith. Christianity is not about consumerism. And what, what, what happens when a church gets bigger and bigger and bigger, it's harder and harder and harder to preach against this. And it's harder and harder and harder to make you understand it's not about you. Some of you show up on Sundays and all you're caring about it, all you care about is whether you get your right parking spot. Well, we did away with that. And you're still hacked off about it. All you care about is whether or not they're going to have your right drink in the, in the cafe. All you care about is whether you're going to get free child care on Sunday mornings. It's not child care. It's children's ministry. Because we love children and we introduce them to the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not weekly free child care. And then all you're concerned about is whether you get in here and get your seat. And then you, then you start thinking about, I wonder if the music's going to be good today. Is it going to be too loud? Are the lights going to be too bright? Too low? Is Pastor Benji preaching? Or one of those other guys? Oh, 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 I just, oh, 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 I just struck a nerve. It ain't about you. It's about a great and awesome God whose heart breaks for the broken world that we live in. And it is about saying, God, I want to be a part of the solution. Use me. I don't know if I should say this. I used to say it all the time in the early days. And I can say it because look, <laughs> we're in our building for three weeks and we're slammed already. If all you're going to do is show up on Sundays and make it all about you, is if all you're going to do is come in here and suck oxygen and never pick up a freaking shovel and do anything for the kingdom of Christ beloved I love you but I need your seat go to another church 
There's plenty of other churches. We're in the buckle of the Bible Belt. There's one on every corner. Go literally. And there'll be no hard feelings. Peace. There's no hard feelings. And I don't say that with any, like no anger or resentment. I'm serious about this vision. This church is made up of people who have a white-hot passion to actually make a difference in the world. Now, let me be clear. Let me be real clear. If you're new here, I'm not talking to you. If you're here and you're just kind of considering the claims of Christ, I'm not talking to you. You You can come and sit here as long as you want if you're exploring Christianity. Man, we love you. We are glad you are here. You're like a VIP to us. Yeah, look at our church. Yeah, we welcome you. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to you, young person or old person, man, female. What? I'm talking to you. You've been here for years. Or you maybe have only been here three months, but you've been a quote-unquote Christian for years. And you never pick up a shovel to get in the game. You never do anything to advance the kingdom through New Hope Church. And you might be sitting there going, well, I'm kind of new. I didn't know y'all needed people. I didn't know y'all wanted people. What? (laughs) What? We need you. So pick up a shovel. Go to work for the cause of Christ in 2016. And watch God anoint your life and do something with your life that you never even imagined was possible. So we're going to sing a song. And I'm going to turn it over to the campus pastors. And they're going to lead their core teams as they come out. And I'm going to invite our worship arts ministry to come on out. And here's how we're going to wrap this day up. Please don't leave. Don't squelch the spirit and start jetting for the doors. There's a connect card in every chair. Those of you on the front row and the back row, well, we don't have a back row anymore because we're not against the wall anymore. Those on the front row, there's a basket. There's a connect card in there. Balcony people, raise your hand for a connect card. Or ushers, just start handing them out to folks. If you want to connect, here's here's how we're going to end today. You're going to, if, if God leads you or if you have the courage or the boldness to do something great with your life, you're going to mark on that connect card where you want to serve. And we're being very focused today, laser focused. There's plenty of other areas to serve, but we wanted to give you the four that we need the, the most people in right now. Here are the four main areas that we need people in. The four main areas. The first one, and we rank these in order. The first one is Hopetown Children's Ministry. We need men and women to serve in Hopetown. If you have a child in Hopetown, by all means, you should at least serve once a month. Hopetown Children's Ministry, birth through fifth grade, awesome children's ministry. 
Second, greatest need around here. Greatest need. First contact. First contact. That's everything from the signs to the pathfinders in the parking lot to the ushers to the greeters. Starbucks is coming in a few weeks. You've heard about that. To the cafe, to the resource center, all of that kind of stuff. We, we, we need people in first contact. Our parking space has doubled. Now, if you hate children, Hopetown's not the place for you. But don't you just conveniently say, oh, well, y'all, don't you just all of a sudden say, I don't like children. If you don't like children, clearly you like people. So first contact. I'm wondering, should I say something? You sure? We need men. We need men. Thank God for the women. Where would, where would the church be without the women? But our church has always been different than the national average. We've always had a church where men say, you know what? I'm going to serve Christ. I'm not too prideful. I'm not too busy. It's the most important thing I'm going to do with my life. We need men in Hopetown. We need our children to grow up seeing men serve the body of Christ. The church in America has overly feminized everything and men have kind of taken a back seat. Not at New Hope Church. Man of God, we need you to get involved. We need diversity. To which some of you are going, well, he's talking about black people. That used to be what I was talking about. And then God did something. And I started running into my bathroom on Sunday mornings looking in the mirror just to see if I was white or black. <laughs> Look around. Hallelujah. We need white men. <laughs> Why y'all find that funny? But we need black men too. And brown men and yellow men. We need men of God up in this church serving, picking up a daggum shovel, saying, God, I want to be a part of the solution. Come on, man. You say, I'm too busy, man. I'm tired. I worked all week long. So did every other person. So did your spouse, by the way. Come on, man. parking lot man it's a great place for men outdoors y'all laughing at everything I'm serious as a heart attack in children's ministry seriously what if our children were raised in this church and they saw men of God reading Bible stories to children they saw men of God working cameras and projectors and lights. You know what would happen? I'll tell you what would happen. It's not a rhetorical question. Here's what would happen. 
the young boys of New Hope Church wouldn't jet and leave the church when they turned 17 or 18 years old like they typically do in most churches in America. Life groups. Man, we need life group leaders and hosts. You heard about that last week? Come on, man. You can open up your house for a life group. All you got to do is pick up the underwear off the floor and spray some air freshener. Come on. Fuller, they, they sometimes make me go long because they just start having so much fun. I need to wrap up. Some of you can lead a life group. You say, I'm not a Bible scholar. You don't have to be. It's a facilitator. All you got to do is know how to move the conversation along. And when it gets to that one person who's in every group who wants to talk way too much, you just got to shut them down. <laughs> oh, man, we're <laughs> we having some fun up in here today. I need to get off the stage. got to lock them down man try to do it a few times in front of everybody graciously tenderly and pull their butt aside and say you know you need to know how to put a shut to the up <laughs> good time hashtag good times man core creative what this brother leads core creative worship Worship arts. Yeah. <clears throat> and we, we include in that, that's, a, that's adults, that's children worship, by the way. Orchestra, coffee house worship going on right now in the Student Ministry Center. Now, just like with Hopetown, you, you got to like children. In, in worship, you got to be able to sing. We have been known to put a person or two on the stage in 14-year history. We have been known to put a person or two on the stage and then mute their butt. <laughs> you think I'm kidding? Mute. No. Just... <clears throat> but it's not just singing. It's all the instrumentals. It's, it's the lights. It's the cameras. It's the, it's the backstage. It's, it's just I, way too many things for me to list. Defining questions. Will your name be written in chapter 3 of New Hope? If so, pick up a shovel and let's go to work in 2016. Let's do something great for God. You take that connect card that I hope everybody now has in their hands. You take that connect card and you write down one of those four areas. They'll throw it back up there one more time. You write down what area you want to get involved in. We're about to sing a song, a great old hymn, and I want you to sing it out with all that you have in you. If you feel led and comfortable, you raise your hands, though you don't have to raise your hands to worship, but you raise your hands and you sing it out and then you move from this place into that rotunda where there will be four shovels 
on somebody's shoulders with signs, those four signs, those four ministry areas, and somebody holding a basket. And all you do is you take that Connect card on which you have written legibly with an accurate phone number and email, and you drop it into the basket. That's all you do. And we'll be in touch. That's not all you do. There is one more thing you do. You return a phone call or an email. You you have no idea how many people in the moment like this, you know, they get called up in the moment. And they respond and they commit. And you can't run them down? It's like trying to find ISIS, man. Respond to an email or a phone call. And then show up. Showing up is half the game. Or just do nothing. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, please stop by one of our six campuses anytime or visit us online at newhopenc.org. If you have any prayer requests, please send those to prayers at newhopenc.org. And our pastors and staff will stand with you in prayer. We hope you'll join us next week. God bless and thank you for being a part of our church family.